I'm Emma Louise Coffey, and you're welcome to The Dairy Edge, the Chagas Dairy Podcast. We're bringing you the latest information, insights and opinion to improve dairy farm performance. We are in late August, and with a secondary drought hitting the east and south of the country, John Maher gives us his tips to manage autumn grass. Current grass situation on farms is very variable across the country. You have areas of the country who are growing uh, well above normal in terms of growth rates, into the 70s, 80s, even up to 100. And then you have other parts of the country, particularly the south and east, and look, they're only growing 20% of that, maybe only 15 to 25 in terms of growth rate, which is way below normal. And in terms of, you know... If if we look at uh, farms who are, are hitting growths of 20, 30 kilos, like, I mean, they're in a dire situation. Again, we thought we were out of this situation, um, you know, three, four weeks ago when we got rain. Um, you know, what are people doing on these farms? Yeah, so basically what's happened there is they've enter, entered a, a, you know, a secondary wave of drought. They're only growing in around that 25 to 30 mark, maybe even a bit less than that. They should be growing double that. Um, so it's been difficult. The rain a few weeks ago has given them a spurt of growth, but now that, that moisture seems to have run out and the growth rate has reduced. So the vast majority of people are feeding um, additional meal, um, probably um, you know six, seven, maybe even up to eight kilos a meal uh, to keep the, the system going. However, there are probably um, two disadvantages with that. The first one is they're probably not building enough grass um, because the growth rate isn't uh, high enough, and I'll explain that in a sec. And the second thing is that, you know, Ideally, they should be feeding silage, but they don't want to because they need that for the winter, and we all, we understand that. So, you know, in order to build grass, you you, you need to be well above demand. Uh, if we're only growing 30 and you're stocked at three cows per hectare, that's basically 10 kilos of grass for a, for a, a cow per day, stocked at three per hectare. That's, a, you know, a demand of 30 and a growth of 30. So there's no building going on to fill the gap. Then it's the seven kilos a meal to bring the, the cow intake from 10 up to 17. So that's what many are doing. Um, it's keeping them going, but it's not enough to build grass. The one thing they have that those people in that in that category now, which is most of the the, the east and and parts of the south as well, is that uh, they must try at 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 first anyway hold a thirty day rotation. Now normally rotations go longer than that as we go into the autumn, but that's the minimum they they hold. And that allows them, you know, if you grow 30 or plus a day by 30 day rotation, somewhere about a thousand of a cover, which will keep them going, but will not build grass from the autumn. And maybe they will never get to build grass for the autumn, you know, but they must try and hold a 30 day rotation. And it's not looking back in terms of rotation length, it's it's dividing the proportion of the farm. So in simple terms, if, if I have 30 hectares, it's grazing a hectare a day. If, if I have 90 acres, it's grazing three acres a day. So whatever farm platform you have, you divide that by 30 and hold that. If you can afford then, if you can afford then to try and uh, introduce more feed, to uh, increase the the um, you know the chance of growing grass and reduce demand, um, then we'd, we'd build a bit more grass. But really, uh, it's going to be very very difficult for those in the south and east um, who are reasonably stocked to build any level of grass. To me, the best thing they can do at this stage probably is to hold that thirty day round. And can you paint a picture for us where you're not in um, a situation where you have the potential of building grass? for the autumn. Paint the picture of what it looks like in, you know, fast forward to October, November on these farms. Yes, it's a, it's a good question. So we, we'll ask to try, to try to get many to hold a 30-day rotation for the next uh, month or so. 
I think it's most likely that uh, unless the weather changes substantially that you're looking at um, another 30 day round somewhere at the um, you know start of October and that would get to the 1st of November a- again it, it will mean in, you know uh, closing will probably go well in that scenario but it does mean that somewhere during probably October and it's hard to predict roughly where her, her growth rates will be but given anyway level of normality people will be you know uh, in by night and out by day grazing but the whole idea is to keep the animals out of grass during the next two months the next 60 days um, uh, uh, to you know shorten the winter period to avoid uh feeding as much silage as possible. And it's the principle of the grass grows grass. If you let the cover deplete too much on the farm, you will grow less grass. If you grow less grass, then you're forced into more alternative feeds, such as silage or, or um, you know, zero graze grass or something like that. So the best piece of advice for those in the drought zone I could give them is to keep the, the ration in at a fairly high level and hold a 30-day rotation for the next two rounds. And that will nearly get you to the 1st of November. Where rain will come, uh, or if rain comes in these areas, are we going to see a knock-on effect in terms of compensatory growth? There might be some, like, you know, it, it, if you look back at previous experiences, so if we go back to the drought in 1995, um, I'm go- I know it's gone back in time, but it, we learn from these experiences. We, we entered into a drought a little bit later than 2018, but however, the rain arrived at the same time in, in late July, early August. We got a, a, a secondary surge in growth, which was good, but rain never came then till the end of September in a large volumes. So effectively, it was difficult to get uh, up to growth rates beyond 40. And that's what happened in 1995. Um, in the first week of October 1995, the growth rates were somewhere close to 30. And that's why we pitch at this figure. We think it's given any sort of level of reasonable moisture um, and reasonable temperatures. 30 is possible on farms that are drought prone, low cover um, uh, uh, and, you know, uh, feeding a nice bit of meal to try and keep the system going. So that's why we pitch at 30. I hope that works out. If, if if we don't get rain, it'll be less than that, and then that requires even more supplementation. However, the basic guide for the vast majority has to be to hold that 30-day round. It gives two rotations, you know, all of September and all of October. If we get grass into, into um, November, you know, great it's bonus territory but that's what most people who are in the drought zone who have farm covers five six hundred they might get to seven that's where we're at they'll obviously take advantage of fertilizer as well we know soil temperatures are up so there will be some residual fertilizer around be it from the soil or be it from fertilizer uh, that's already spread we'll try and spread a bit more to try and get some level of grass growth um even though the the, the responses are moderate the 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 you know, in terms of looking at the economics, getting some level of grass growth is much more favourable than looking at the the alternative feeds, which are way more costly than before, and there is poor availability of them. So what you can do in your own platform starts first, right? And if we can get some response to that level of fertiliser, and there has been an extension of fertiliser granted, you know, we should take this opportunity. So you've just asked, uh, gone ahead um, for on my next question. In the drought zone areas... Should farmers be spreading nitrogen? Yes, I, I admit that there'll be some fertiliser left over from August. I accept that fully, right? But um, even moderate responses, you know, so like the average the average response, you know, during August is somewhere close to 30. In, in, in September, it diminishes into the 20s and by October it's down into, into you know, 
10 or a little bit less, right, we can spread fertiliser up to the to the end of September. But if you look at it, like the average kilo of grass uh, in an average year is worth about 10 cents a kilo, right? About that, okay? On a cost of feed basis, all right, at standard costings. The average response on the 1st of October is 10. So that's a break even in a normal circumstance. However, where you can't get feed and the availability of it is poor and the cost of it is exorbitant compared to other years, this fertiliser looks attractive if it can get any level of reasonable response. So yes, you, you look at it because it's something that's in your control on, on your platform and you're not exports, exposed to outside external sources um, of you know uh, inflated costs of feed. The, the catch here is we obviously need some level of rainfall to get the fertiliser to work at any reasonable level. Um, our expectation is that some level of rainfall will come during September to get some sort of response. So it's, it's, it's attractive in the year that's in it. And if we consider then the non-drought farms, so where growth rates are normal or well above normal in some cases, what's your advice for these farmers right now? Yeah, so you, you have a range of growth rates. We know from pasture base where the growth rates are at. Like they, they're averaging not far off normal at the moment, but averages, you know, that's for the whole country. So if I go into parts of the western seaboard, soil temperatures are well above normal, um, you know, because we've had a dry summer, uh, they're getting rainfall and growth rates of, you know, 80, 90, even above 100 are, are being achieved. And it's a fabulous opportunity for the western seaboard who are prone to high levels of rainfall, it's difficult grazing conditions to make extra fodder and catch up on, you know, what happened last year, which was an, uh, unfortunately, um, you know, an early... Um, entry into the house in, in terms of housing last winter and a late turnout this spring so it's a massive opportunity to rebuild fodder reserves and like you know these trouts come but once every 10 years and that's a, it's a huge opportunity for people who are on difficult land and they've taken it most of them in fairness to rebuild the fodder supplies so that's 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 the western seaboard if you take other parts of the country you know the north and um, um, and certain parts of the south you know they're growing above normal or growing close to normal. They have a, a fabulous opportunity uh, to make hay now in terms of grazing because the ground conditions are absolutely fabulous. Soil temperatures are up. It's a great opportunity to take take uh, oppor- uh, take advantage of the grass that's on the farm. They're able to build uh, grass normally to the targets that we want, which are, you know, somewhere about 300 plus per cow by the 1st of September and obviously going up to f- uh, 400 plus by uh, the middle of September and maybe up to a bit more than that by the end of September. And that builds up a big grass reserve going into the into the, into the the autumn, starting off with fabulous ground conditions. So there's a huge opportunity to, for those farms who are growing anywhere close to normal, above normal, either to make fodder or build grass going into the, to the, to the autumn. Simply because they're grown above the, the the average of of you know the sixties, where your demand is in around forty five fifty, and you're grown a hundred, mm. you know what sort of building should you be doing there, and what sort of um, say surplus should you take? Yeah, it's it's funny. Like in that scenario, there's a risk of having too much grass going into the autumn. And look, I work in the heavy soils program as well, and those guys are taking out three or four paddocks nearly every week at the moment because that they have you know that level of growth. So for those, you know, the, the targets are there. Try and keep the cover of in or around the thousand market peak, or maybe if you're on drier land, a little bit more, um, eleven hundred. If we, if we just double that, as the, you know, if that's the average farm cover. That's grazing two thousand or a small small bit with it. If we go into very, very excessively high covers, 
um, they are challenging to graze. They are, have a, a poor level of recovery. Uh, if the grazing conditions turn marginal, you know, it makes it even more difficult. So there's a balance here. You, you, you don't want too much grass. And that's why we talk about targets of, you know, four four fifty per cow um, or per livestock unit at peak in terms of cover per livestock unit or a f- average farm cover of, a, a, you know, 1,100, maybe even 12 for a, for a short sp- period of time of an average farm cover. But going beyond that, you know, you're at you're in the risk of of excessive amounts of grass that is difficult to graze and poor to recover. It, it'll have a white base, and then you, you you're undermining you know your growth potential during October and November. And just briefly, you know, you mentioned soil temperature is well above average mm. uh, at the moment. What is it standing at at the moment? Yeah, in in the drought zones, it's 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 three degrees um, or, or even more above normal. Uh, even in the in the in the you know, in the other territories, while it's not tried three degrees, it is well above normal, certainly by two degrees. And it's mainly because we've had such a dry spell. So, like, if you look at this time last year in the heavy land areas that their animals housed, now they're walking on almost concrete. So it's just huge, huge variation in the space of 12 months. But, you know, it, 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 it gives a lens those who are getting any level of normal growth or, or above normal growth the fabulous opportunity to get grass into the diet uh, and, you know, quite easily without doing damage. And then in terms of dry matter, we, like we recorded dry matters of over 30% in grass um during the drought period, what has it fallen to now? Yeah, you know the grass changes its its uh, its physiological stage as they enter into the into the winter. You know, it's it's done its seeding thing now. It's in the shutdown mode. The requirement for growth is higher than that of the spring. It's closer to eight degrees higher than six degrees in the spring. So grass enters a a different. Uh, phase. It's a vegetative phase. It's responding to daylight. The daylight's getting shorter, and it, it changes. And one of the changes that come is as you go into the autumn, the dry matter gets lower. And we've seen that we've come down now from the thirties closer to the to, you know the high teens or even the twenties. Depends where you are, of course. And the drought zones is still a little bit high. But you know, to, the reality of it is the dry matters have fallen, and that's normal pattern for as we enter into the autumn, particularly at the end of August, early September. Now the grass grows uh, normally away, but it, it changes physiologically, and the dry matters will be lower. But the, the, even though the dry matters are lower, um, the performance of the animals is still very high. So it's not concerning. And then finally, you've alluded to, um, you know, fertiliser and the deadlines have been extended yes. for fertiliser. And, you know, you your advice is to get out there because you will get a response and, yeah. you know, it, it will be break even. But if we consider... At best, yeah. Or at worst, yeah. Yeah. And if we consider then, you know, lime and compounds and, and you know, tar- hmm? targeting our P&K um, at the back end, have you any advice to farmers for getting out with lime or compounds? Yeah, so look, uh, like in terms of fertiliser, it depends what, what strategy you're doing. Some are following the cows and that's fine and you can keep doing that in, in terms of nitrogen. For others who are not doing that, they can go a blanket approach now and maybe an another blanket ap- approach um, towards towards the, the latter half of September, depending how conditions are going in terms of um, you know air temperature, soil temperature, and rainfall, and there might be a chance to get a response to that grass in in a, in a difficult year, and that's worth looking at. Of course, then you know you know milk production, while it has been a difficult year, and it is a small bit behind, it's not that much behind, which means that in terms of uh, phosphorus, anyway, um, let's be clear, like the biggest harvester of phosphorus on the farm is the amount of output that goes out the gate. Output is not down that much. I accept that concentrate is up, but the reality is that some level of P compound fertilizer is required. 
right, to balance the books for the year. So products like 18612, 101020, 14714 can be used at this time of year to, to rebalance uh, the books in terms of phosphorus offtake on the farm. And I know it's been a difficult year and maybe costs are a bit up. However, you have to look at next year and next season. Phosphorus is crucial for spring growth and people should replenish that phosphorus uh, in the next in the next few weeks. Yes. And in terms of lime? Yeah, there may be an opportunity to spread lime on many farms. Um, uh, the ground conditions are very, uh, very sound, so you can travel. Um, most people who try and catch up in lime can look at spreading, uh, you know, uh, two tonnes to the acre. Um, especially on those heavier farms or high rainfall farms in which lime depletes, bleaching happens faster. Um, it's an opportunity to do that. Um, the catch is that, you know, you need where you spread lime on part of the farm, you'd like it to be bare. Um, paddocks cut for silage or for round bales, you know, they're a super opportunity to get lime out there. If you're spreading a higher cover, you need rainfall to wash the lime off. So, you know, you mightn't get to do all the farm, um, but you can get to do certain parts of the farm and that opportunity should be taken. Okay, I suppose just to recap, um, in terms of drought areas, p- people need to be really practical in terms of the way they're looking at things. Say holding a 30 day rotation is important and that will see us out for September and October. Um, you know, where you have a 30 hectare farm, you're talking about a hectare a day um, with 30 kilos growth. You're talking at a stocking rate of three cows per hectare. You're talking at 10 kilos of feed in the form of grass and then supplement, um, you know, thereafter. And where we have high growth, so we're at the other end of the spectrum, we should consider taking surpluses and also building that cover for the autumn. That's great. Thank you, John. Thank you. That's it for this week's episode of the Dairy Edge podcast. And my thanks to John Maher for joining me on this week's show. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple and Google Podcasts. And for more information, go to the Chagas website at chagas.ie. I'm Emma-Louise Coffey, and join me next time for your Dairy Edge. <laughs>